We are thrilled to have uh, Sheriff Jones from Butler County, Ohio. I've been there many times and uh, he's become kind of a, a national figure in law enforcement. He uh, supports not only uh, his troops, but he supports American law enforcement. So Sheriff, I want to get right to it. Um, you recently warned uh, folks in Butler County that uh, if they shoot at your deputies, they're probably going to get shot at back. Can you talk about that a little bit? Sure. We had a, a recently a shooting that took place and uh, one of the bad guys, we were in a chase. Uh, he just got out of prison, a real sweet guy, uh, been in prison for quite some time. And he chose after the chase, we used stop sticks to stop him. He thought it'd be a good idea to shoot at the police. He shot one of our police officers. We returned fire. We shot him at least 11 times. He's still alive in the hospital. And what I want to tell people is, is that, listen, if you shoot at the police, we will shoot back. Also, if you throw bricks at the police, we look at that as deadly force. If yes, you come at the police with a knife, that's, we don't have to wait for you to stab us four or five times before we return fire. If you want to hit one of us upside the head with a brick, we don't have to wait for you to hit us like five or six times. Uh, we will shoot back. And police throughout the country have become a target. Uh, the bureaucrats have sent the police out to absorb rocks being thrown at them, bricks, firebombs, fireworks, professional fireworks. Uh, anything that they can do to hurt the police, they have committed that. And they, these politicians, these weak-kneed politicians, send their police force out to absorb this, and they won't let them do their job. And some of these have went on like in Portland for almost a hundred days. I can't imagine. The police want to do their job. Yeah, then you look at Detroit, uh, fine police department. The chief used to be the chief of police here in uh, uh, Ohio, uh, great guy. And he, uh, his, his politicians said that he can't use certain, he can't use gas, he can't use riot batons, they can't use shields pretty soon, but they'll send them out and let them absorb all of these things and they get injured, police are quitting everywhere, and, and it's time to stand up. Police chiefs are at a, 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 in a bad place throughout the country. Uh, they work for politicians, they work for mayors, they work for city managers, they work for city councils. They have bosses. It's hard for them to stand up and say what they really think. And if they do, they get fired. Or if you look at the instance in the past two weeks or three weeks, some of the largest police departments in the country, the police chiefs and their staff just quit because uh, they're getting blamed by the politicians that change whatever way the mob wants to change it, they change it. Here in this county, I tell people, our gun shops are busy every day. They sell guns, we have guns. People in our community know how to have, how to use guns. We train them. We've had training classes for free, put on at the sheriff's office. We, we train school teachers. We do these things here, we, and we won't tolerate it. And throughout the country, I'm asking for the police chiefs and sheriffs throughout the country to come together and let's take this thing back and get it under control. The only way this is gonna stop is when you go out, go in and you make arrests, people go to jail, they have court dates, and they get punished. If you do not, They'll be back tomorrow with their homemade shields. Uh, who'd have thought that in this day and time, you can come to a peaceful protest, 
I want to repeat that word, a peaceful protest with bats, with spikes on the bats, with homemade torch devices, with bricks, with rocks, with helmets, and covering, every, covering everything up you can. They have mace. And who'd have thought that would be a peaceful protest? It is not. And it's time to take this back. And it's time for the American people to stand up. And we've got calls from all over the United States. People are scared, but it's a breath of fresh air that somebody from law enforcement leadership can stand up and say what they're wondering or thinking, and that's me. Law enforcement officers are, are treated as robots, as though we're supposed to go out there and get all those things hurled at us, like you said, including bottles of urine and acid and the, you know, the lasers that we're seeing in Portland and Seattle. And, uh, and we're just supposed to take it in the name of peaceful protests, quote unquote, or social justice. And uh, it's incredibly frustrating, not only for law enforcement officers, but for the people who support us, wouldn't you say? I would say that. Now, Kenosha is in Wisconsin, if I'm pronouncing it correctly. I talked to a retired uh, captain from there. He told me the first day they had the, the riot, they arrested like 170 people. Of the 170 people, uh, I think he said 120 of them were from out of state. Mm -hmm. And some of them had traveled from everywhere there's been riots, they travel. These people are not, they, they, they make money, they get paid, they buy gas, they buy food, they have equipment, and it's very, very organized. The longer this goes on, the more it's gonna get organized. And I also tell people, and people are scared of this, that they're traveling. What you see in these big cities in California and in Portland and New York City, it travels. It'll come to a community near you, and I mean that. So you must be prepared. And you, hey, when they go into restaurants and they attack elderly people, they turn tables over. This isn't peaceful protest. This isn't anything to do about Black Lives Matter. This is about anarchy and trying to destroy our country. And looting doesn't have anything to do with peaceful protest. And when people uh, on the other side say, well, these people are taking, you know, food, milk, and bread. No, they're taking cigarettes, whiskey, cell phones, anything that's of value. That's what they're taking. And they're running out with truckloads of it. Uh, they're taking fur coats. Uh, and when the police are at these riots, make no mistake about it, they're not answering calls. And they're doing this 24 hours a day. And these people have shifts, they come in, and they all have families. And several of them have been injured. Several of them are quitting. But no one wants to stand up for the police. And it's hard for police chiefs because they have bosses. And, they, and it depends where you are. Now, sheriffs, on the other hand, have bosses, but it's called in the Constitution. We get elected. Uh, that's why they call us constitutional sheriffs. We get elected every four years. Sheriffs go all the way back to England. They called them sheriffs. We were the first form of law enforcement. Hell, we invented law enforcement in the United States. We're the first form of law enforcement in the colonies. George Washington's uh, father was a sheriff. So don't let them kid you. Sheriffs have the authority that most police departments can't have, their bosses can't have. Sheriffs work for the people. So that's why I can stand up and say and speak and say, and we're getting calls from all over the country. People from, I, I, it's at least 40 states, maybe more, have called so thankful. Now, when I'm on CNN, it's not so pretty. Uh, I get all the people that 
watch that channel. And I've been on CNN and it's like doing a hand to hand combat, but I go on it and I take it and I get at least my viewpoint across. Well, and you absolutely stand your own. I've watched your CNN interviews and your, and your uh, Fox News interviews and you do an amazing job. And that's what we need. Police leadership very often is afraid to speak out. And like you said, there is a huge difference. And I want people to understand this. There is a huge difference between a police chief and a sheriff. The sheriff works for the people. A police chief works for, like you said, the mayor or the city council. And that's why you're seeing um, chiefs uh, and good chiefs exit the profession. And sheriff, we're also seeing police officers and deputy sheriffs around the country who are either uh, leaving uh, the profession altogether or they're, you know, heading for more police friendly states. And uh, I think that's going to become a, a crisis pretty quick when there are not enough police officers willing to police in this atmosphere. What are you seeing in Butler County? Hey, we're seeing the same thing. Uh, police are exiting. Uh, they're quitting in the middle. Uh, uh, there, there's less people that are applying for the police chief, the, the police officer's jobs or the deputy sheriff's jobs. In Ohio, uh, sheriffs, there's 88 counties. In Ohio, uh, sheriffs are the highest ranking law enforcement official in each county of 88 counties. And like I said, they can speak out, but not all speak out. And it's very difficult. I was told that in New York City, uh, a police officer starts out at about $40,000 a year. Who would wanna go to New York City and be a police officer for four, for a hundred thousand. Who would want to go there? Uh, and it's sad. It's an honorable profession. My whole family, everybody in my family, are police or have been involved in police. And it's totally out of control until the politicians get some guts and can stand up and not sacrifice their police. And then when they have to do uh, use deadly force uh, or it comes into question. The mob controls them, they throw them under the bus, they sacrifice them, they allow them to be charged with crazy charges. Then when they go to trial, they can't get a conviction because the charges can't stand. They think because they'll show you one video that that's enough. There's usually 20 videos. Everybody has cell cameras. Uh, most police departments, not all, I don't have body cameras, nor will I until they make me. We don't have car cameras. I trust the police. and. It's totally out of control and we need to stand up. And that's what I'm doing. I'm standing up and fighting for law enforcement in this country and it's very lonely. Sheriff, when you talk about police officers using deadly force, for example, the situation that you guys recently dealt with, you guys fired 11 rounds back at a, a guy who was trying to murder uh, some of your officers. We, we, we shot him 11 times. I'm we sorry, shot, you shot him 11 times. We shot many more times. Excellent. And people don't necessarily understand why that is. Why do you, and we heard this with the Kenosha case with Jacob Blake, why did they shoot him uh, seven times? Um, I, can you I can explain to people why we do that? Sure. Uh, the shooting doesn't last for an hour like in the cowboy movies. Uh, uh, it doesn't last for hours or 30 minutes. And when you shoot person with one bullet, they automatically stop and fall down. Sometimes when people get shot, uh, they keep coming at you with a knife. And when it's contagious shooting, when the bad guy or the bad person shoots, the shooting lasts maybe uh, a second, two seconds, three seconds. But
but it might be five or six, seven police officers shooting all at the same time. And it, and remember, when you're a police officer and you're shooting, you got a little shake in your hand, you're a little nervous, somebody's shooting at you, you may die. It's not like going to the firing range and where you rest and you can be calm and you can hit the target. This is a moving target, so it's very difficult. And these people continue to shoot. Somebody can kill you after they've been shot more than one time. They can still kill you. You can shoot some, most policemen, a lot of policemen are killed within five feet and they're shot with their own handgun. A lot of people you'll see in the media says that this was an unarmed man fighting with the police and the police shot him, but they were wrestling and fighting. I look at that as a jump ball. The police officer has a gun. And when you're fighting and wrestling with somebody, the officer has to maintain that gun and hold on to it because the person gets your gun and they'll shoot you right up close. Happens often. Absolutely. And, and, and we lose, you know, 80 to 90 police officers to violent force uh, every, every year in this country. But um, listen, we're also on the COVID-19, the, the COVID or as I refer to it as the China disease. Yes. Listen, we lose more officers, what I've been told, uh, by this disease so far this year than we have by... Uh, well over 100 to COVID. Yeah. And, and it looks like, and the media won't report that. The officers are, when we, when this first hit, we didn't have masks. No one had masks. Within a week, we were buying, we were buying our uh, mask uh, at uh, Home Depot, Lowe's, Ace Hardware, mm -hmm. 10 at a time. I was using my personal credit card. My employees didn't have masks. No one had masks. Fire departments had no masks. Police departments had no masks. You couldn't get masks. So, and, but guess what? We still made calls. We still responded. We still have uh, like 1,100 prisoners. And this was all new to us, but we had no, no gear, no gowns. We had nothing. So, but now we do. But the police and the fire still done their job. Never quit, never went home. Uh, and they're still doing their job. And they're on the front lines. And no one gives them praise. And the, listen, when they talk about defunding the police, I want to make sure I get this point out. You know who gets the most, the worst out of this whole thing? is neighborhoods that really need the police yes. and that the police are there often. People that live in these communities where there's lots of people that are shot, homicides every night, gunshots every night. Imagine if the police isn't there to respond, isn't there to investigate. People say there's no witnesses there in these communities and they don't see anything. There's a reason for that because when the police leave, they kill people that do respond and talk to the police. And imagine if there's no police. I don't like to quote Al Sharpton at all. It makes me sick to my stomach, but I am gonna quote what he said the other day. And he said, people that need the police the most, there should be no defunding the police. It's a terrible idea, especially in communities that need the police. That's from Al Sharpton. First time I ever agree with anything he ever said in my life. I know we were all, we were all shocked by that. Sheriff, you hear a lot of talk of, well, the police don't need to go to all these um, domestic disputes and things. Let's send in the uniformed social workers. <laughs> How would that work, do you think? Uh, who would, who the hell would want to be a social worker and have to respond to domestic violence? Listen, that's where most police officers get shot and attacked. Uh, uh, and uh, if social workers are so underpaid, I could only imagine they wouldn't pay them hardly anything. They risk their lives. They would be threatened. They'd be assaulted. That's the most volatile situation. 
that police officers don't want to go. But if social workers want to go instead of the police, I'm sure the police are okay with that. <laughs> that is, and I think that's going to be a debate. I, I'd be happy hey. to never go to another domestic dispute. Hey, but, police won't. Police won't, hey, they won't be upset with that. If that social workers want to go do that, hey, good for them. Exactly. And I, I you know, there was a lot of talk about that in, in Minneapolis. You're, you're seeing all, in Seattle, you're seeing all these uh, jurisdictions who are now backing down from, uh, let's have people, you know, train people to deal with the domestics and the mental health issues and all that. Everybody wants to get rid of the police in those situations until they face the reality of what it's like to deal with, uh, you know, for example, in Rochester, New York, a a naked, mentally ill, spitting guy. There's no social worker who's going to want to deal with that in the middle of the night. Yeah, I, 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 and I'm sure the police are okay with that. If yeah, they absolutely. don't have to respond to it, they don't have to risk their lives, and they want to send social workers. Hey, good for them. I'm proud of the social workers. Listen, I talked to a psychiatrist here at the jail the other day, and I asked him. I said, what, how's it going out in the community? He said, it's, it's nothing like you could imagine. People have no idea. Uh, uh, most clinics have closed down in the past two years. Uh, it's hard, people that have uh, issues, uh, uh, psychological issues, they, have, they can't get to the clinic, they're too paranoid to get out. People are stressed because they've lost their jobs, they're working from home, their families are like this, they're at each other's throat and they're worried and there's no help. There's, you, you can't get insurance to pay for things. The doctors aren't taking new patients. What we're gonna see is we're gonna see evolving door, revolving door of this. We're gonna see people become more violent in the next few months because of all this lockdown and everything that's going on in the country. And we're gonna see some horrendous crazy things that people are gonna, when they start shooting up uh, buildings, and it's going to be people that have fell between the cracks more so than ever in our country. So you can't forget about that issue. Plus, law enforcement, they're stressed. Their families are stressed. High rate of divorce. It's, it's a terrible situation that we're dealing with. And you have to have it. And when you have an EAP program, it's great and wonderful. But it's not like being able to sit down, talk to a counselor, go over issues, that you may have or having in your life. And this is like being on the front lines every day, period. You're absolutely right. And I don't think people understand just how mentally stressful being a law enforcement officer is. And yet, like you said, these days, we, we really don't have time to even catch our breath, much less sit down and talk about how we feel about the last call that we went to, or you know, the shooting we saw, or or the uh, you know child death, or whatever. There's so much that law enforcement has to deal with, and then we have to go on to the next call, and you know nobody's really paying much attention to our mental health. Hey, police officers in police departments because of the COVID, they haven't had roll calls of most of the police departments where they can all get together and and talk about issues and joke a little bit, and laugh. Uh, they they don't come in groups, so uh, it's it's having a lasting effect on law enforcement. But what I think, what the public needs to do, you need to tell the police when you see them, the police, the first responders, how much you appreciate them, and imagine what it would be like without them. All you got to do is watch when these big cities have out uh, lights out, power failures. Uh, it's total chaos. 
when there's nobody keeping everybody to not speed, to uh, not pickpocket, not rob people, not assault people. Um, when you get the police in New York and they throw buckets of water on their head and they just go to their police cars because they have no support from their community. Then you got in Portland, you got California, you got uh, Wisconsin. The police want to do their jobs. They're not allowed to. And Sheriff, we're, uh, lastly, we're weeks away from uh, an probably the most contentious uh, election of my, our lifetime, I would say. And, uh, and do you believe we are going to see violence? I believe, and I'm just a, a sheriff from the Midwest, I believe this isn't going to stop tomorrow. It's not going to be like a, a faucet. You turn it off and turn it back on. I think no matter who becomes president, until we uh, lay the law down, you can protest peacefully. I pro protested peacefully. I protested for more money and I marched, but I didn't think that it was a good idea to assault the police, burn buildings down, loot stores. Uh, this country was founded on protest and when England was overtaxing us. So that's where we come from. That's our history and it's in our constitution, but this is not that. It doesn't have anything to do with Black Lives Matter. This has to do with people trying to destroy our country, paint over buildings, and do their, and I believe uh, after the election, I believe it's, there's gonna be an uptick and police departments all over the country are training appropriately for that. And that's what I want people to know. Don't you believe that American law enforcement is going to be prepared for this? Oh, we're preparing every day. Uh, and I feel sorry for our brothers and sisters in the big cities to where they have their government that won't let them use these devices and what they have to do. Again, they send them out there like little robots and they let people assault them and do things to them and they just stand there and take it. Now, tomorrow, these same people are going to come back. They feel emboldened. Mm -hmm. But what they don't realize, they're gonna, people are going to stand up and they're going to get the pitchforks out. And these little purple-haired punks are gonna basically go to the wrong place. And somebody's gonna, they're, gonna, they're not gonna be able to go up and turn their table upside down and assault them and sucker punch them and throw things at them uh, when they're with their family or when they're in their car. They're gonna start fighting back. And I don't, I'm not inciting that, I'm not encouraging it. People are angry. They're angry over everything right now. And I believe that it's, it's gonna come to a town near you. Uh, Sheriff Jones, we cannot uh, thank you enough for spending some time with us today. And people, if you would like uh, more information about the National Police Association, please join us at nationalpolice.org.